This is a Triple M Footy podcast. With all the latest news and stories that matter right now in footy, it's Tom Brown's News. Good afternoon. One of the best weekends of finals, I think, in the history of the game. The upshot, of course, of which is that Geelong and Sydney are through to the prelim finals just one game away from the grand final. Geelong, of course, at home on the Friday night at the MCG, most likely. Sydney, most likely on the Saturday night, given Geelong finished on top. And this weekend, it is sudden death and on for Fremantle and Collingwood. And, of course, Melbourne and Brisbane. So much to discuss from the weekend. It was absolutely incredible. I'll start with Melbourne this afternoon, and in particular, Christian Petrarca. Now, Petrarca has trained with Melbourne today, albeit, obviously, on light duties. He's got a bad corky of the calf and a hairline fracture of his fibula. I spoke to a leading sports doctor last night. They said if Petrarca plays, he'll be in significant pain. Petrarca manages some soccer and light worker training this morning, I should explain. If he plays, will be in significant pain because a fracture is a fracture, despite the fact that it's a hairline fracture. These are usually two or three weeks minimum. Scott Pendlebury spoke on Marty's show this morning, Marty Sheargold's show, and explained uh, that he'd had a similar injury before and said, obviously, it's a risk versus reward proposition, particularly given Petrarca's on a seven-year deal for Melbourne. It's going to be a huge, huge consideration for them this week. Of course, if they shut down Neil, maybe they could rest Petrarca and put, say, harms onto Neil. And they might win anyway and get him right for the prelim or the grand final, but a massive, massive talking point this week. Of course, there's huge emphasis also on Tom McDonald, who was sore from the VFL. What needs another VFL game, he told me, pre-game Friday night, so he's not necessarily available for selection, but would be helpful in terms of their connection into the forward line. Spargo spent the night in hospital over the weekend with a knock to his throat, should be fine. Melksham and Fritch have knee concerns. Oliver cop that whack to the cheek. He's relatively okay from a structural perspective, but of course will be sore this week. Melbourne, it's incredible. You'd have to say they're sort of up against it against Brisbane, who can score heavily. But having said that, they'll have to go through the Geelong route now as well. So an interesting situation as far as Melbourne's concerned ahead of this week. Bringing you the latest in footy news before you hear it anywhere else. This is Tom Brown's News. I've been in at the AFL this morning. I'll give you a brief synopsis on what's going on there. Gil McLaughlin close to announcing a landmark record TV deal. But what the AFL did at the last minute was invite all the participants into AFL House this morning, 9, 10, and then the AFL went and visited Channel 7 to get their final pitches and amounts. They want to bid for the TV rights, almost like a little auction this morning. I'll have details on that tonight. I expect an outcome later in the week. Of course, Gil McLaughlin sat very publicly with Kerry Stokes, the chairman of Seven West Media, on Saturday night over in the West. You'd think uh, Seven and Fox are in the box seat for the rights, but Nine and Ten were both in pitching to the AFL this morning. This is Tom Brown's News, bringing you the latest in footy every Monday, Thursday and Friday. Here at first on Listener. There's a lot going on at Richmond. I'll whip through it. In summary, Trent Cotchin, I understand, has agreed to an extension. I expect that'll be one year. They haven't announced it yet, but I think they will in coming days. Jack Rewalt, like Cotchin, has an offer in place that will be on less money. The reason is because Tim Taranto will go to Richmond on up to a seven-year deal. Now, I can also reveal on this podcast today that whilst the prevailing view is that Hopper is locked into Geelong, and I think you can take that almost as given, It's still a big choice for Hopper because Richmond remain in the race for Jacob Hopper. He still has to make that decision, the giant. It's most likely Geelong, but Richmond's still in the race. And again, if Hopper chose Richmond, clearly they'd have to clear more salary space. So Cochin, I believe, has agreed 
to an extension. Rewalt hasn't agreed yet, is expected to, but faces a significant pay cut, $300,000 a year, as the figure that Mark Robinson's referred to in the Herald Sun today. And the Dustin Martin situation is that Dusty's been in for his exit interview this morning at Punt Road, hasn't commented, obviously, in regards to the dancer situation, which I'll get to lately, and also his future, rarely comments, there's no surprise there. But he had his exit interview this morning, Dustin Martin. If I had to summarise that situation, clearly he's had limited um, passion at times for the game this year. Clearly he's been affected by his dad's death. But I also know through close contact with Ralph Carr, who I sat with, his manager at the football last Thursday night, that Dusty uh, has a lot of good investments in some great commercial properties, I think in and around Richmond and Collingwood. He's got two years to run on his contract worth up to $2.5 million dollars. And uh, obviously, a lot of that income, no doubt, would go into servicing those properties, which I'm sure will prove to be good investments in the future. So there's part of this that's commercial. Dusty needs to keep playing and obviously get Richmond's money in. So that's the latest situation in regards to Dustin Martin. The Saturday Rub, Friday Huddle, Sunday Rub, Midweek Rub, Tom Brown's News and all the footy podcasts you need are in one place. Subscribe to Triple M Footy on the Listener app or wherever you get your podcasts. Colling was due to have a light run at about 3.30 this afternoon. One talking point, Craig McRae's comments post-game on some of the players sitting down on the ground. This is what Craig had to say. Well, we want to act like winners. I, I, I must admit, the siren goes and there's... Um Half a dozen of our guys laying on the ground. That, for me, that's not a winner. That's that's um, acting like a loser. Um, we lost the game. We're not losers. So I just made that point. Um, we're here to we're, we're here to win this thing. Um, we'll give it everything we've got. You get to this this time of the year, and you want to um, give it your best shot. And I, I thought we, we threw a lot of punches at them. Straight after that. Absolutely. We lost the game, but we're not losers. There's, there is a difference. I said that for the, for the lifetime that I'm sitting in this chair, that um, maybe barring a grand final. If we don't win, don't lay on the ground. It's worth keeping in mind that Craig cut his teeth and learned a lot under Lee Matthews. That's Lee Matthews 101, that sort of stuff. Craig clearly wants to reset the narrative. There's a lot of positives for Collingwood supporters. Clearly, they pushed the minor premiers to within one kick and clearly wants them to be up and about and crack into Fremantle and beat Fremantle this week, Craig McRae. Scott Pendlebury addressed that issue on Marty's show this morning and had this to say, offering, well, similar comments. Now, the other thing I heard the coach say was don't lay down after the game. Oh, he didn't yeah. like that. Yeah. He didn't like the look of it. Yeah. Said to him, like, let's pick these boys up quick. Like, I don't mm. – I didn't like the look of it either. Mm. Like, yeah, we had lost, but we weren't losers. We thought we should defeated. Have. Yeah, and, I, and as a team, what we're trying to stand for and what we're trying to build – um, yeah, it's, I didn't. I didn't like the look of it, but we got everyone up quickly and let's stay together. I think all yeah. year we've done that really well. Win yeah. or lose, yeah. When you see us, we're tight and we stay together. And you um, walked off as a team, and we walked off tight, and um, yeah. yeah, we'll be back to fight another day for sure. Just the latest on at Collingwood's injuries. Adams clearly is the season with that groin uh, what ripped off the bone. He's had a scan late this morning, but I expect that will formally uh, confirm that. Craig McRae commented on that post-game. Ash Johnson was sore, but I think it's right to go. Jordan Degoe has a sore AC joint in his shoulder. He spoke to some good contacts of mine yesterday and indicated that it should be relatively okay. So obviously he'll be a big talking point this week as well. Lots of moments for the Pies. Dacos pushed his kick wide. Cripps missed. Darcy Moore was forward on the goal line. Uh, Rowan took that pack mark. Hawkins and Cameron were incredible in that contest because they drew a lot of the defenders, including Moore, to the pack of the pack. So that helped Rowan in the end. Adams obviously got injured. Degoe nailed his goal, but Hoskin Elliott had that set shot early in the last quarter as well. There were lots of discussion points from what I thought was one of the best finals I've ever, ever seen. 
bringing you the latest in footy news before you hear it anywhere else. This is Tom Brown's News. There's lots of trade discussion heating up, obviously, in the background, particularly for the 10 clubs outside the eight, but also for the clubs inside the eight. North is getting aggressive on chasing players, namely because now they've got a seat at the table in the form of Alastair Clarkson. Because of Clarko, they can get meetings with pretty much, well, any available player they want. So I know that Bruin, Tanner Bruin, was uh, offered an, an attractive offer from North Melbourne. He's opted not to go there, but they've become somewhat of a destination club, North Melbourne, uh, overnight, in, in essence. And Darcy Tucker, I think they could land. The docker is down to two clubs, Essendon and North. North Melbourne in pole position for Darcy Tucker. Robbie Fox played well on Friday night for the Swans. He's about to sign a two-year extension with Sydney. He's pressure, got 17 or 18-odd possessions. He was magnificent for the Swans. Geez, they look good. They're going to be awfully hard to beat up at the SCG. Collingwood face that, but can't afford to worry about that at the moment. Obviously, Fremantle first. From Carlton, it's my understanding that uh, Dow, Setterfield, and Stocker are effectively on the market and available for the right offer. Now, I know that applies to all players, but Dow, Setterfield, and Stocker have come up on my trade radar this morning. Dow played four games this year. Two of them were as the unused medical sub. Setterfield, 13 games, and Stocker, six games. So keep an eye on that in that regard as well. This is Tom Brown's News, bringing you the latest in footy every Monday, Thursday, and Friday. Here at first on Listener. And I'll just whip through a few news issues to come out of the weekend. The score review, we still haven't got a clear explanation on that really from the AFL. I know in the background there is better technology available. I think it's even in place at the MCG, but not all venues yet. But the AFL want to get that perfect before they change the existing score review technology. I think uh, there's some work from even Google in that space, I've heard uh, along the grapevine, that would be revolutionary. So I know there's different offerings in the background. I think in the future, four or five years' time, that won't be an offer we'll have an issue. We'll have something much similar to Hawkeye in obviously tennis uh, and indeed cricket. The technology's there, but they're working on it. So there's a lot going on in the background in that regard. We also haven't got an answer yet or a position from Richmond on Dustin Martin and the investigation into his um, into the dancer at the club function in 2015. That was at the Sporting Globe in Richmond, which is a pub. It was booked out for a private function. It wasn't the pub's knowledge or issue. It's, uh, it's Richmond and the players I know the AFL is working through that investigation. And just in terms, this is an interesting one. I got a text message this morning. These are the AFL rules in regards to a draw. Had there been a draw, and two of the games clearly over the weekend could have been draws, Thursday night and Saturday twilight, the Brisbane-Richmond game and the Collingwood-Geelong game. It's two three-minute breaks. So it's a six-minute break at the end of the game. Teams change ends. And there's two periods of three minutes plus time on each end. So that's what would have happened on Saturday night. So it's not two five minutes, it's two three minutes. The AFL's put out clarification in recent months in that regard, but it just slipped slightly below the radar. It's going to be an absolutely massive week of news. We'll bring it all to you, of course, on our social channels as and when it happens. There's trade happening. There's huge injuries, uh, huge injury news, particularly, obviously, the emphasis this week on Dugowie and, of course, Petrarca. Massive, massive game. Sudden death for Melbourne and Collingwood. It was a magnificent weekend of football, not to mention, of course, the Bulldogs. Dunkley likely, you'd think, on a long-term deal to go to Port Adelaide. They've now leaked the best part of 17 goals in two consecutive finals in streaks. So you've got to ask yourself why that happens. I know Luke Beveridge was keen to downplay the significance of that post-game. He's got to do that. But as Damien Barrett pointed out on the footy show yesterday, it's a trend um, based on two finals. You can't ignore it. It was a huge talking point. Triple M rocks football. That was Tom Brown's news. Come back every Monday, Thursday and Friday for more and subscribe to Triple M Footy on Listener or wherever you listen to get all our podcasts throughout the season. For Reem Hot Water and McDonald's, Triple M rocks footy.